lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that got sent an ultimatum by management to be more funny or leave. And my name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, yes, the... Uh, the- <laughs> The onus is going to be on us to be more funny, or we're gonna, or we're gonna fire ourselves publicly. <laughs> exactly. Or, or actually, we could we could also quit and get apparently three months severance. Ah, oh, that I, sounds which, better. Which I don't know if labor laws allow you to give that type of offer. Because what if you were like with Twitter, like since day one, like that's that's more severance, or is, or American laws differently for severance? I, I don't know. Uh, it just seems kind of low. Any case, we'll be talking about that story down the road. I first have to apologize ahead of time if I start to lose my voice or I start writhing in pain. I did have some dental surgery um, two days ago. I, I seem to be okay. Um, I have a barrage or small array of drugs, so I'm pretty drugged up at the moment. Uh, I had what was called a bone graft. I won't go through too many gory details. It requires cutting my gum open, shoring it up with cadaver bone. So I actually have someone, some dead guy's bones in my jaw right now, Curtis. Could be John Lennon. It could be. <laughs> you never, you never, never know. The possibilities are actually quite large. Or, or, um, or, or Betty White, maybe. Could, could be. Yeah, they, that, that would make more sense. He'd probably want something a bit more recent. Yeah, like like who's who's keeping John Lennon's bone? So either, either way, in case for dental work, he gave it. He he donated his skeleton for dental work. <laughs> well, maybe like so. Basically, I I got the equivalent of underpinning your basement done to my uh, mouth, uh, in my back, and let me tell you, Curtis, they gave me local anesthetic because I didn't want to. Honestly, I didn't want to pay for full anesthesia and knock myself out. Plus, I, I don't like the effect of like waking up after being knocked out and then you're like super dopey, more so than usual. So I had local. They had completely knocked it out the left side of my face. and But it was just the fact like my dentist is a big dude and I could feel him like leaning into me. And I'm just like, when will the scraping stop? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, just yeah. when are you going to pour the bone in me and just like it, the procedure probably took over an hour. So my mouth was opened and held in place with some blocks he gave me to bite down on. So when mm. it finished, he took the blocks out. I could feel my jaw kind of shift as I tried to close my mouth. Like it, it did not close with the, you know, well-oiled, uh, precision that it used to <laughs> actually yeah. like kind of clicked in and went, um, oh okay oh man uh, yeah so let, 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 let me ask you is your dentist is this one of the, these dentist offices where they have like a tv in the in 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 sort of like the examination rooms no he actually has um and this is uh, a common friend of uh, you and I he has a jack bush in his or it might it's probably a replica but he has a jack oh. bush where a tv you'd think would be that's classy that's pretty classy mm-hmm. um yeah my 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 dentist um he's a very good dude and uh you know I, I like going there as much as you can like going to the dentist we always talk about star wars it, sometimes he runs late because he talks 
so much about it. But, uh, <laughs> um, but he has the TVs, and, and they're always on CP24. Oh. And, and then sometimes he'll even say, hey, do you want to watch something else? And it's like, what's the point? Because I'm going to be staring at the ceiling in two minutes. So like it just seems like it just seems it just seems like a a, a waste of of money just to buy all these like you know fifty five inch plasma TVs put them in your examination rooms and then you can't even really watch them. Oh, they're actually in the examination room, like not in yeah. the waiting room. Yeah, they they have one in the waiting room. That one I actually do watch because sometimes you know you got to wait around, but uh, but yeah, they have them. So you're so the so the put you on 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 that on the reclining chair and and then you're watching this big nice big tv watching cp24 so so you see the weather you'll see like last night's like leaf score on the bottom or whatever and then they come they see you really quick so then the person's in there and then and then and then you know you're reclined and staring at that at that lamp you're, you're wearing sunglasses and staring at that lamp so you don't ever really get to watch the TV. And a couple of times they've asked if there's something that I wanted to watch. And I was like, there's no time. Well, that, that's a scary thing about, about that whole concept. Because if you can't see it, they're watching it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't need them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's long enough. Like you said, your procedure takes, takes, uh, took over an hour. And, yeah. and I think, I, do, I don't know if I'd be able to handle it because I find it hard enough just with the cleaning and the cleaning oh. is like what 10 minutes or whatever but it's 10 minutes of that constant hook hook scrape 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 and then yep. they always find something that's like what the hell did they find and it's like you know one of your back teeth and they're just scraping it for like two minutes it's like i don't know i don't like did they find like a popcorn kernel or something it's a chicken wing curtis a chicken uh, yeah <laughs> a <whole> chicken wing <laughs> and 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 i i i can by the end of it like you know, my jaw is super tired, so I couldn't even picture like having to having to to assume the position for like over an hour. I'm glad and, they gave you blocks to to chew on. And and it's and it's only and he's so imagine him scraping one tooth on one side. <laughs> oh yeah. No. And 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 the way I saw the x-ray, and like he was showing me how deep he was basically he he scrubbed the entire route all the way up to the tooth. Wow. And I was just like, thank God you gave oh me that my. freezing because like it, I didn't feel anything, but you can, you still feel the pressure. Yeah. And you have, you have them leaning into it. And it's just like, Oh, can't you get a machine to like Dremel it? Like why, why does this still have to be the hook tool? Like haven't yeah. we advanced in dental technology that you can just kind of, yeah, just put a Dremel to it and just grind it down or, it's yeah. yeah, it's funny you say that because like yeah, the hook the hook's been there since like I was six, you know, right up until you know present day. That's forty. That's forty four years. Yeah, that they've had <laughs> to, to find an alternative to the hook, which is, which is quite medieval, right? Yeah. When when you look at it, when when you, you know when they lay down the, their their tools because they've been sanitized just before you're cleaning. It looks medieval. It looks like you know, you know, like when <laughs> when they, when you're watching like some some sort of like Dickensian movie, and they've got like the old the crafty lockpick, and he's got like <laughs> 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 we'll we'll crack into this, yeah. this safe. 
Yeah. <laughs> just these, you know, rusty hooks and pliers and stuff. And that's and, what and, that, yeah. And these are the guys that tell you, oh, don't put anything sharp in your mouth. Yeah. And the first thing they do is break out this hook <laughs> scraping tool. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're going to give you a cleaning and you think like, okay, well, that will just be what, a brush and some fluoride? Nope. No, well, a cleaning is like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like they're scraping barnacles off of a boat. Well, they are, right? It's, it's, it's like <laughs> calcification. But that, that's, that's my whole point is like, we, we, you know, if I can clean my, my, my drains with, or, or my shower heads with CLR and it removes calcification that way, haven't you figured out some type of technology that I can rinse and remove that calcification? Yeah. Or grind it. Like it comes off, right? So you're not going to grind. You're already scraping my enamel. Like what's, what's a small, like we're talking dental surgical Dremel. I'm not talking about go to Canadian tire and get that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, know. yeah. There's gotta be something. I think that there's, um, you know, there, there's a shark tank idea here. That's, uh, I, I, I think so. And I think we, I think we, in the, in the first 10 minutes of the show, we probably scared anyone who was originally afraid of going to the dentist to never go again. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you like bleeding gums. <laughs> oh, well, you know, hopefully no no bleeding gums yet for Arthur or teething at this point. So any any no. new baby news? Any Is he walking? Is he is he yeah. is he is he doing is he uh, notarizing any uh documents? <laughs> notarizing documents. <laughs> I don't know. Not, not to my knowledge. <laughs> but uh he is uh nah he's he's great, except like he's had um a bit of a cold. So last couple of mornings, like we've noticed he's been pretty congested and he and then oh. and then when he breathes, he breathes like like it's a real sort of grunty oh. grunty breathing. So now, now did you shame the person that potentially gave it to him for showing up to your house uh, yeah. with a cold? We don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was probably me because I'm going into work, you know, so uh, it's probably me. But, uh, you know, now, you know, there's there's um, all this news about kids and respiratory illnesses and that mm-hmm. RSV or whatever it's called. And, you know, so, of course, like, you know, we're, we're going to be, you know, more, uh, you know, we're gonna, it's it's when he has a cold, we're going to be more nervous than than we normally would. Um, but like, you know, we, like he doesn't have a fever or anything like that. So I wasn't getting totally freaked out and like taking him right down to the hospital. So what we did at first is, uh, and you'll love this is we've got this thing that, and I'm sure other people who, who have had, who have had babies have heard of this. It won't be so shocking to them, to other people they might find it a bit weird is I've got something that just literally sucks the snot right out of his nose so and it works so what what you do is you get some saline solution put a couple of drops and break down the mucus a little bit yeah and then you get this this thing and it's like a a big long tube and then there's and then and then there's like a a filter okay and then and then there's another uh uh tube smaller skinnier tube and you put that in your mouth and you put the other tube in the kid's nose and you just suck, suck out all the mucus because he can't blow his nose or anything. Right. So, right. so you've got to you've got to find other ways to get rid of the snot. So that's what that's been my that's been my mornings now is uh, and he hates it, too. Right. So he wow. he despises me. 
because of the guy who, who's sucking snot out of his nose. But it, but he feels better. Like afterwards, he breathes better. You know all this kind of stuff. But we took him to the doctor today. Our doctor is is a star, and 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 like saw him right away. And, and uh, I'm sure nothing too concerning, right? Like nah, he's just he's, cold. yeah, he's fine. Like his lungs are fine, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, like, like I'm kind of a hypochondriac, but mm-hmm. like I was, um, you know, not to pat, pat myself on the back too much, but I was kind of proud of, of Heather and I for not like freaking out and, good. you know, just, no, 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 it, it, seriously, it's good. It's like in, in the news, like if you just read the, the news about these, these, um, the, the, you know, the, the, the rash of respiratory illnesses in children, you're like, oh my God, you know, is he going to have to go to the hospital? Is this in his lungs and all this kind of stuff? Um, yeah. So, and I, I bet your doctor was just like, uh, eh, he's got a cold, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She was, like, she was like, if it gets worse, then come oh. and see me tomorrow. But like, he's, he's, doing pretty good i think you know just keep just keep just keep sucking that snot essentially yeah well you know typically even for an adult like as long as the cold stays above the neck Mm -hmm. it's all good right Mm -hmm. right yeah you want to keep that sort of localized and not not let it become like an infection or whatever but that that, you were saying this whole rsv thing has also led to society doing again silly things like the hoarding of uh the baby Tylenol Mm -hmm. like you you're gonna find out maybe you're gonna you maybe you have some or you're gonna buy some baby I think we've bought baby Tylenol for our guy maybe four or five times and you really like it's a huge bottle and you get and you give them you're supposed to give them like a half a cap full Mm -hmm. so my thing to all those people hoarding it like how much do you think you're gonna be feeding your kid like yeah. the amount that you need out of that giant bottle for a kid is, is, is like unless you have 12 kids who are all mm-hmm. sick so that's mm-hmm. why again it's ridiculous because i actually when i went to pick up my prescriptions for my dental work i i saw that aisle where it's just kind of like the cold and flu aisle and that's where and it was bare mm-hmm. it was it was march april 2020 for flour all over again or toilet paper all over again and yeah. it's just ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's like that. Uh, you know, it's like I I went to get him uh, his saline solution last night. And I went to a big shopper's right at Coxwell and Danforth. And it was the same, like just nothing just in, in that in that cold and flu section. So, yeah, so Heather and I, we went to get our flu shots this morning and at a different shopper's dark market. And it was... Uh, and it was the same, like like nothing in that in that aisle, and and we're always looking because like you know, we 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 uh, we don't need it right now, but we're we, you know if we see some, we're gonna buy it because we're we're uh, you know we're, we're living in the hoard. We're 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 not hoarders necessarily, but out of necessity, we're living in hoarding times. Oh God, like what what they need to do is just have smaller sizes because if you look at the baby Tylenol, it comes in these. I would almost say like half the size of like mouthwash. And like I said, you'd only give them like half a cap. Yeah. So if they kind of came up with like almost like one dose or two dose um, packets, like, I, I, you know, again, Callum might be a little different kid. Maybe he's just ultra healthy or whatever. But 
he's never had to take more than like a full capful whenever he's been like sick. Like that, mm-hmm. that's my point. It's like they, they bounce back very quickly, right? They're nature gave little babies like pretty strong immune systems unless they have something to, to protect themselves during this, you know, fragile time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. know. Well, hopefully he'll, he'll be fine. And this will just keep be part of his building of his immune system. And yeah, like he had a good day today. So, um, you know, we, uh, and you know, the doctor, it was one of those things too, where as soon as I made that doctor's appointment, he seemed fine. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Time, right? like, of course. It's just like, it, it's just like, uh, if you have a computer problem at work, it's yeah. like, completely catastrophic and you call it and the minute the guy you 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 hang up on the phone or he says he's coming over or she's coming over like your computer starts acting up acting perfectly fine now yeah yeah same thing oh you know who uh who else you know is 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 looking pretty fine these days is uh the argos hey eh? yeah the argos are uh, i don't you know i'm i'm pretty pumped because uh, this sunday the Argos uh, will face the uh, two-time defending champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers for the Grey Cup in uh, in Regina, and and you can hear the crickets from here. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, like the MLS, the Leafs. <laughs> okay, let's just call Raptors from earlier this season. Like, let's just run down the Jays. You know, nothing. Argos. Yeah. Going yeah. for the finals, baby, and, hey, and no one uh, seems to care. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe you should care because uh, they, they, the last six Grey Cups they've appeared in, they've won them all. So, you know, Leafs can't get out of the first round is all I'm saying. They can't get out of the first round of the NHL playoffs. Argos, they bring home the, they bring home the goods. And, and didn't you mention, I think, off, off air, you said the last time they won Shania Twain was the halftime show? And did she come out like in a dog sled or something like that? Yeah, she got pulled out. And it was in Ottawa. They were playing Cal- the Calgary Stampeders in Ottawa. And it was really snowy. Like it was a it was a greasy, greasy game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, that's probably how the Argos won because they were not the favorites. And yeah, in the halftime show, she had to get pulled onto the field by a... <laughs> But by, by uh, I don't know if it was a team of sled dogs. I think it might have been two. But like, yeah, she rode a a, a uh, sled a dog sled onto the field. It was it was awesome. So we, we need that to happen again. I don't know in Regina. What what do we what, what would be more appropriate for Regina? Maybe Shania coming in on a on a, a on a fishing boat. Maybe not. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know maybe maybe in a potash tr- truck or something i don't know uh, or or uh, maybe maybe some kind of threshing like vehicle yeah or? yeah combine yeah. a combine yeah there we go Should okay. I have to on a combine okay. got it got, it, got, got it. it so good luck go argos go yeah <laughs> well you know unless you're listening from winnipeg in which case bombers all the way yeah well, hey, they've got two. Argos are due. That's true. That's. True. I don't know how to segue to this because this is more about we were talking about your uh, babies before, and then we went to Argos, and now we're going to come back to babies, but about making babies. So this is mm-hmm. this week's. I am the asshole, Curtis. We need to have like some type of intro music for the I am the asshole. Am I the asshole uh, segment? I think we'll have to work on that. 
that will be uh, our get, the more get, funny project. I'll get my band. I'll get my band on it. Okay, there we go. So, am I the asshole for asking my daughter not to have sex while staying at our home? <laughs> so, the author is the father. So, my wife and I, they're late 50s, uh, four grown kids. Wow, talking about being busy with, and they're having, they're being uptight about one of them having sex. Uh, one of our middle kids, so she's not the oldest at 26. And mm-hmm. I love that her husband, 20-something, question 20, mark? 20, yeah, some, some sort of, t- <laughs> somewhere in the 20s. So they're married. They're in the process of buying their second home. Their first one sold quickly, so they needed a quick possession, and they didn't have a place to stay, so they offered their apartment above their garage. So things are going well, and and you know it's nice to have family and eating together. But I think what happened was one night he'd gone to the back of the apartment. Well, I guess it's where his garage to get something. And he could hear them and they were obviously having sex. So he felt he felt disrespected, Curtis, mm-hmm. that they would be having sex in his home, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he thought he had raised her better than that. So you could probably t- guess where Curtis and I are leaning. So A... I thought I had raised them better than that. What? A married couple having, having sex? Yeah. Yeah. So he thought, told his wife, his wife laughed it off and quote, good for them. And but he couldn't let it go. So the next night at dinner, he basically confronted them and said how he how disrespectful we find it for them to be having sex in our home. Mind you that the apartment is above the garage. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he said we, and the wife basically said, yeah, you're on your own, not we, but you. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently they left, they excused themselves from the meal. He expected an apology, but instead they moved out the next day. Oh, Chris. Do, do you know what I love the most about the Am I the Asshole um, segment is that <laughs> they always, the person who writes, writes them, is always expecting an apology. <laughs> like so, this is so how righteous, righteous these people are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I like this. But in my mind, they are staying in an apartment on our property. They could have at least abstained until they don't live with us. I would never dream of disrespecting my parents having sex in their house. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I like that line because there's a missing there's a missing word. Yeah, he's, he's, he meant by having sex in their house because otherwise, he's saying he wouldn't disrespect his parents while they are having sex in their house. <laughs> well, maybe he did mean that. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I like that. I, I, it's it's the I thought I had raised her better than that. Better than what? She's twenty six, married. Like, mm-hmm. come yeah. on, yeah, come on. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. Um, you know, like uh, I don't know. Obviously, you know, you want to be you want to be discreet when you're in somebody else's home and you're you know. But at at the same time, like in this situation in particular, they're kind of removed from the house. Like if you're going to be, I, in, my, in my opinion, Larry, I don't know if you you would would, would agree with me on this, but like above a garage, anything goes. 
It's not even in the house. It's not my garage. And they're married. If it was, if it wasn't too like married and con- and consenting adults having sex, it would be like some teenager smoking drugs and 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 you know playing video games or, or jamming. Yeah, with a terrible it's, it's band. That seven, it's that seventy so, show. Yeah. I mean that's I, what that's what that's what lofts above above the garage are for. So so here, here let me pose this question to you, Curtis. If it was his son mm-hmm. that was staying in the apartment above and having sex with his wife, do you think he would have made that same big of a deal? That's an excellent or, question. Or do you think he would have like high fived him at, at dinner <laughs> and say, "Way to go, bro," or "Bro." He, yeah, I mean, I can't speak obviously to this person, but like, I mean, you bring up a good point. There's often double standards with, uh, with, with, with sort of, you know, sexuality and uh, yeah, and gender and yeah, and I don't know, like yeah, I mean, some, I mean, I know enough, I know enough dads where that where I think that would have been the case, mm-hmm. you know. People who are my contemporaries in age would would probably view view it the same. You know, maybe they have different sort of. Yeah, I don't know. I like I don't know because I don't think we're gonna have a, a daughter. I think we're stopping at one. So I don't know if I if I would have a different sort of thing. But yeah, maybe for some dads, it's like you know you treat your daughters, you're protect overly protective of your daughters and. With your sons, it's more like a vicarious existence type of thing. So it's like, yeah, yeah awesome way to go, dude, or something. Well, here's a spoiler for the dad. She was probably having sex with then boyfriend, now husband, probably in the house when they're teens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there Pro- you go. Yeah, exactly. And not above the garage. <laughs> not above the garage. Yeah. In the insulated part of the house. Any any case, we wanted to give some time to our last segment, which is talking about She-Hulk, the entire series. But on to the headline. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. All right, Curtis. This was a story I found, again, while you were uh, on paternity leave from the show. And this is a Newsweek article that brings up the most ridiculous album of the year winners in Grammy history. So this is just album of the year. So in this article talks about how basically the Grammys from the dawn of the Grammys never got it right. Just for just really, really like tone deaf reasons and just out of touch reasons. So they listed a whole bunch of years where it was just ridiculous. And I, I, I said that we both pick one and I'm, I'm, I'll go first. Okay. And it's in 1961. This one, just because it's like 1961 album of the year went to Bob Newhart for the button down mine of Bob Newhart. No, Bob Newhart was not a singing artist back in the sixties. <laughs> this was his spoken word comedy album. Yeah. Was yeah. that the that's the best music could music <laughs> could offer in yeah. 1961 or 1960? Yeah. But again, what should have won was and it it wasn't even nominated, but it was Etta James' 1960 debut at last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like all kinds of obviously obviously rock and roll was you know sort of like 
entering its sort of second decade and, and it was advancing, you know, obviously like at the James, there's like, uh, you know, quite a bit of, you know, top, top, top rate, um, soul. Um, there would have been tons you know. of stuff for Motown during that time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that <laughs> nothing against Bob Newhart who's a comedy legend, but, um, you know, it's just, now, now if you're Bob Newhart, and and you and you like I, I'd love to see if there was a recording somewhere of him accepting that award for album of the year. Like it would have been, it would have been like it would have been like instead of in the eighties, like in the early eighties, it would be like instead of Gandhi winning the Academy Award, it was Eddie Murphy's Delirious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I love Eddie Murphy's Delirious, but it's not well, a cinematic know. masterpiece. Yeah, well, you know. Gandhi, Delirious, had had about the same amount of swearing in it, right? I think so. I think so. <laughs> so, Curtis, what's your pick on from this article? So, so my my pick is, and I actually like this album. It's uh, Christopher Cross's self titled uh, debut, um, one in 1981, um, when uh, it was uh, I don't know if it was up against, but Newsweek suggests um, albums that could have won that year would have been. Uh, the Clash's uh, London Calling or uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that album. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, Christopher Cross. Now, Christopher Cross, um, as you well know, is a soft rock legend. So, you know, Don't I'm not going to take of AM radio, eh? Oh, man, let me tell you. Uh, sailing, um, you know, uh, that, uh, all right, think we're going to make it, you know, that one, Mm -hmm. uh, of course the theme to Arthur, the Dudley Moore vehicle, um, (laughs) the best that you can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, he's got some, I don't know if they were all on this album, but uh, he's got some songs that I genuinely do like. Um, but are they Grammy worthy? Like, you know. I, I think I think what happens sometimes, and definitely the the guy who wrote this article, is that when when it's when it's like an award for like an out al- the album of the year, you expect it to uh, to be something that introduced a new band, like a new important band or artist, or pushed the boundaries, or made a statement, or you know, something mm-hmm. like so, something to, that would have made it a seminal album. And a lot of times you get Christopher Cross or like, you know, they mentioned um, one year that Steely Dan won and nothing against Steely Dan who's put out some great stuff, but it was again, like what, like two, 20, 20 years later. Yeah. After, yeah, it was an, <laughs> it was like a throwaway album that they probably released so they could go on tour. And do you remember like when, uh, <laughs> This is this is uh, uh, well. Hold on, before we before we move on to to I think I know where you're going with this, but uh, yeah. you know, uh, soft rock sensation, am obviously am sensation, uh, but I'm interested. Christopher Cross, Christopher Christopher Cross, and Michael McDonald were went into a fist fight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm backing doing? Christopher Cross like, <laughs> like ten times out of ten in that in that scenario. Okay. Yeah, and for people that don't know who Michael McDonald is, he is. In the in the in the seventies, he basically went around infecting other bands and turned them into AM sensations, right? Yeah, Doobie Brothers, Doobie Brothers, Steely yeah. Dan, yeah, 
Yeah, he uh, uh, he has a very um, he has a very. I don't know. What don't forget, don't like. forget, don't forget his duet for y'all won't, no, y'all won't be there. That's yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's had a had a hit with "What a Fool Believes." Um, he's got a very um, I don't know if you would call it like an inoffensive voice. It's AM uh, voice. Yeah, it's total AM voice. Yeah, it's AM voice. Like I just think I think Chris Christopher Cross like like would wipe the floor with him personally. Okay. Yeah. So uh, sorry, your 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 funny story because I, I assume it, it it's 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 about that uh, is it heavy metal album? Yeah, heavy, heavy metal album of the year. Yeah. So so the Grammys um, introduced in 1989 best hard rock or heavy metal performance again. You know. <laughs> decades after like black sabbath started, you know like just like just decided oh we went like this is this is around the time i don't know when they had their first like like rap like best rap performance but like you know this is this is that that would have been more current than than hard rock and heavy metal which had been around for like you know so like really since the late 60s Mm-hmm. They decided in 1989 we should we should pay lip service to this movement. Uh, so for their first one, um, their first award, they have three nominees. One of them is Metallica's and Just and Justice for All with their fourth album, the one that, that had a one, you know, like like uh, you know, pretty big. Mm-hmm. Another one is uh, uh, Jane's Addiction. Um, nothing shocking. Uh, Strong. Very, strong album. You know, strong album. I mean, Jane's Addiction, you know, one of the most important bands or like, you know, founders of Lollapalooza, like just really huge, in, influential band. <laughs> and then the third one is uh, Jethro Tull's Crest of a Knave featuring the lead single Farm on the Freeway. Again, a band... <laughs> well past their, their <laughs> absolute peak just just basically like like hunkering down and shitting out an album so that they could go on tour or whatever and sure enough much to james hetfield's chagrin crest of a knave wins the very first grammy for best hard rocker or heavy metal performance and Whoa. it actually was it, uh, it was a question on it was a million dollar question on who wants to be a millionaire and the guy got there was this guy and he was kind of like a bit of a comic book store simpsons kind of guy mm-hmm. and he got up to the he got he got to so he he got to the million dollar question so he, so he's got five hundred thousand dollars i'm not feeling too sorry for him and regis asks the question and he's like which of these bands won the first grammy he's like is it Metallica, Motley Crue, blah, blah, or Jethro Tull. And then the nerdy comic book guy goes, well, there's only one of those bands that I would listen to, and I'm pretty sure it's not them, so I'm going to I'm going to take my $500,000. So then at the end, it reaches is like, well, he didn't get the million dollars. The answer was Jethro Tull. And you can see the guy's face just go, what? <laughs> like a cartoon, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a cut. Yeah, he had the big, like you know, like the jaw drops, like you know. Uh, yeah, so it was great. It was great. I was yelling at the TV. I was yelling at the TV. I was like, "No, it is the band that you think it is." You know, <laughs> if he hadn't phoned me, if he hadn't used his his phone a friend, 
I would have. I could have. Yeah, you, a million. I could have. I could have doubled his winnings, and I would have asked for only a modest cut. Yeah. Well, because of the gentleman that you are. Yeah. Well, so, Curtis, just to to show, yeah, because it, it does seem that the Grammys are always ten years behind because the very first. Uh, it's not even album. Like this is how this is how bad the Grammys are. They called it best award for best rap performance. That was the first award kind of uh recognizing like hip hop urban music. They they couldn't even call it an album. They give it an mm. album name because they gave it best rap performance. So you can only guess it went to parent friendly D, uh, Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff for parents don't understand. Yep, that sounds about right. Yep, they beat out <laughs> beat out uh, Kumo D, mm-hmm. L Cool J for going back to Cali, Salt and Pepper for Push It, mind you. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a very that's a very commercial crop of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like it's 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 like okay, that's great, and but again, ten years too late when mm-hmm. when. You know, think about how much like you know, I'm not talking about mainstream. Like we're talking Run DMC, mm-hmm. Beastie Boys, yeah. <laughs> like you know, like radio, you know, what, somewhat what radio friendly. Like, like Public Enemy must have been around at that point in time. Like like what? Oh, in nineteen. Were- oh yeah, no, for sure. But you know, no one wanted to touch that because you know, come on, yeah, parents like, don't understand. Yeah, come on, it's cute, Curtis. <laughs> What was that other song? Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on my on my street. On my street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had that. Uh, they had that one song where the the Donkey Kong song. I don't know if you ever had that album, but there's this basically how uh, Fresh Prince uh, spent his summer playing Donkey Kong. And no, but it sounds it sounds it sounds like it would have held up. <laughs> Boy, okay. Let's let's move on to the next headline. Um, not so lighthearted, and this goes back to the opener from the beginning working at twitter hey curtis could be like the are we lining up do we have do we have resume do we have our resumes in front of elon right now because it seems to be the place that everyone wants to work at right elon musk told twitter staff to expect 80 hour work weeks report says yep and fewer office perks what are the office perks bathroom privileges (laughs) bathroom privileges and maybe uh, an exit (laughs) <laughs> good lord 80 hour 80 hour work weeks and he said that he's rolling back the company's work from home policy in an email sent at 2 39 a.m oh, everyone yeah. is required to be in the office for a minimum of 40 hours a week curtis unless they are physically unable to travel to an office well i mean that's good that means you only have to spend half your week in the office at 40 hours Yep. <laughs> so on top of that, uh, Twitter's been all over the story. Like, oh my god! Like, it's it's insane. Like, this last week was all about the blue check mark, right? The verified yeah. blue check mark. Yeah. They changed the program because I guess they, instead of having advertisers rule become a main revenue source, we're gonna get fees from people that want the check mark. So what is it? They charge like eight bucks. And lo and behold, what a whole bunch of a whole slew of verified fake accounts start popping up. Oh like yeah, eight bucks. Yeah, sure. 
even I will pay eight bucks to impersonate Doug Ford and have a '80s Doug Ford <laughs> verified account. What was that? What's the pharmace- pharmaceutical company that manufactures oh, Lily? insulin? Yeah, yeah, Lily and oh yeah, free yeah. insulin. Yeah, yeah. And but then that got cut, like Bernie Sanders saying like I can't believe people have to pay this much for insulin. Like it just was, it was a nightmare for that company. Oh yeah. There was uh, oh. the one with uh, the, the Den of America with Mario flipping the bird. Oh, God. Yeah. There, there was, uh, a, what, was it Chiquita or one of the banana companies? And it says, we have, <laughs> we have now overthrown the government of Brazil. <laughs> See, I'll, I'll give you those. Ones. Those, those, those are creative ones. I, I, I don't want the ones kind of truly pretending to be biden or or whatever tweeting yeah. things like that but right, right. the ones that do that that are awesome <laughs> so what was the other thing uh so this goes back to our opener elon musk gives ultimatum to twitter employees do extremely hardcore work or get out and people like look up to elon musk right like who wants to work for this guy but i guess no one does because there's been mass exodus and he's trying to get people back yeah, he's got like his fanboys like his <laughs> His anonymous, I think they call them reply guys, like his anonymous sort of Twitter fanboys who like will back him up on all his truly uh, shitty um, work policies. Mm-hmm. But they don't have to work for him, right? I think what I think they like, I think they like the idea of somebody just unapologetically being terrible and being able to wield that kind of power. But like, yeah, these guys, these guys will never work for him. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it goes back to what you said about ten minutes ago about you know the the asshole. If he had a son, like this is the father or the fanboys trying to live up their life vicariously through Elon. You definitely. Oh, I'm the richest man in the world, and I'm an asshole, and I can tell people what to do. And you know, sure, maybe that's what they're seeing, but. Yeah, like, you, like, like, like it's 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 almost fun. Like, if it wasn't frustrating, it would be almost funny. Like, to just go through and just see the people who who hardcore to use his word defend Elon Musk on Twitter. Like, it's 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 amazing, and they'll defend they'll defend any policy. They'll defend like objectively terrible stuff. And I don't know, I don't know what the fascination is or why they're doing it. I think, yeah, I think you are right. It's like. It would be great to be this guy because mm-hmm. he has the money and the power to be an asshole. And I've always wanted him to be an asshole, but society gets in the way. But, you know, so I think, <laughs> I think that's that's what it is. But if they ever had to deal with him, and especially if like their livelihood was, you know, was on the line, I don't yeah. think that they'd think he was like so hilarious anymore. Some of the other fake ones. Le- Le- one actually, actually, yo, LeBron James. I am officially requesting a trade. Thank you, Lakers Nation, for all the support through the years. On to bigger and better things. Oh, wait, <laughs> is that really LeBron? It might actually be LeBron. <laughs> one other one was, I love this, Pope Francis, bracket real, GTFOH, I'm in France, popping wine, getting lit every minute. <laughs> and the Doug Ford one, of course. I need a real egg Sammy from Timmy's or I'm going to blow a gasket. <laughs> <laughs> All verified blue checkmark, Curtis, yeah. for eight bucks. Like, I had one for uh, Connor McDavid as well, the Edmonton Oilers star. 
basically yeah. saying like, I've been traded to the New York Islanders. Thank you, <laughs> thank you everybody in Edmonton. <laughs> I I I I pay eight bucks for that. My boss uh, put that in in our Slack. Like as soon as he saw that, he goes like, oh. <laughs> he's like Elon's Elon's verification system's working really well. Yeah. See, if if it was still available right now, Curtis, I would during this episode, I'd be registering it right now. The fake Jethro Tull handle. Yeah. And then our first and only tweet will be. Suck it, Metallica. Yeah, suck it, Metallica. (laughs) Hey, James, remember 1989? Suck it. Exactly. And Justice Fraud was soft, bitch. Oh, God. So uh, there's another follow-up story here. Twitter's Musk says most valuable employees can stay remote as many quit. (laughs) So he's sort of backtracking on the whole, uh, you know, that's 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 his like superpower is like stu- making a really stupid policy and then backtracking when everybody quits. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, oh, people don't buy that. Like, okay, Elon. Like, what? I don't know. Uh, but oh, God, like, it, it. This whole thing's been a train wreck. I guess that's what happens when you're the richest person in the world and there's no consequences anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, I I I lost forty billion dollars. Oh well. That forty billion dollars could uh, could do a lot for for a Jeez. lot of people, but nope, it's a vanity project. That might have worked in certain things, like obviously SpaceX or Tesla. Maybe that's what he did. But when Twitter's already had like an established culture, whatever it was, it probably wasn't this. And then you have like a new CEO steamrolling in, telling everyone they have to work eighty hours a week. Yeah. Like really? Like, yeah. Really? Like, what would you do, Larry, if if like your company got sold, and then a new a, a new guy came in? I'm too and, old, Curtis. I can't. Yeah. I, I I I can't. Like, even if I want, I I can't even fathom what 80 hours a week would be like. Uh, I, I'd be. I would quit like right away. Oh yeah. Oh god. Like yeah. how? No. No. Way. No. No. You know what? No. You want severance. You want severance, Curtis. So you gotta. You know. Just keep slacking until they, they they fire you. I don't know if I can quiet quit for eight hour, 80 hours a week. No. See, then you just do your 40, <laughs> right? And then they'll complain you're only doing half half the allotted work. And you say, you know, is this a is this a constructive dismissal? And then it, they'll probably say no and then just get your payout. Mm-hmm. Uh, any case, going back to stories that we normally talk about on the Cucumber, because, but we haven't had it any neat stories recently but crypto king in quotes declared bankrupt yeah i mean i i I thought that we were already like had like two or three stories on on this podcast about (laughs) the death of crypto but it just keeps it keeps it keeps finding harder ways to die yeah but but that 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 was the one story but really the, the the story we wanted to talk about was Justin Bieber bought a Bored Ape NFT in January for $1.3 million that's likely worth about $70,000 in the wake of the crypto crash. Oh, poor Biebs. Oh, well, you know, he had the foresight or maybe someone told him, hey, this is where you got to put your money as an investment. So he bought a Bored Ape. If anyone knows what that is, it's a very famous NFT, series of NFTs of this ape who just... 
cartoon ape. They're well drawn. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was this one. I, I I think you and I were trying to figure out why the one is worth so much, but we think it might be like the stencil of the original or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, with Ethereum tanking, like it's not worth a, it's worth a small fraction of what it used to be worth. You know what? Bought it at. The, you know what jumps out at me uh, from this headline, Larry, is that it's still worth seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, and, and you know what, Curtis? In, in the time that you just said, you know, <laughs> the fact that it's worth seventy thousand dollars, I've already taken several screenshots and 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 screen captures of this NFT, and I might actually just use it as my uh, Instagram uh, uh, image uh, avatar photo. Yeah. And and then when you get bored of it, you can sell it to some gullible pop star for, uh, you know, 75 Ethereum. Is that a lot? I don't know. Yeah, I, 75 Ethereum? Uh, yeah. Probably not anymore now that it's kind of tanked. <laughs> Here's because, a- because he bought it for 500 Ethereum. Right. And now if 500 Ethereum is now worth like next to nothing. Right. So five... So yeah, he bought it for that. It's now worth fifth. The last best offer, which Biebs is not going to take, is someone's offered him fifty-six Ethereum, mm-hmm. which is worth just under seventy thousand dollars. Right. But yeah. at one point in time, like one Ethereum was like worth some absurd amount of money. We were doing the conversion, right? Right. I do remember that. Um, it still seems to be worth an absurd amount, but not as and- absurd. And Biebs owns quite a few. Like we saw his account on OpenSea. The amount of of NFTs he owns is is crazy. Like we were scrolling, right? Oh we're yeah, like, you can take a real deep dive. Like, why is the scroll bar so small? Yeah, <laughs> and we're like, oh my god! And he's he's got many of these board ape yacht club uh, images, and then he's got like really bizarre ones, like that one Elon Musk one where he's bald. Yeah. Yeah, we you're you're looking at this and and it's just constantly you know your internet's so slow cuz it's constantly loading shitty image after shitty image. He's <laughs> paid like thousands of dollars in 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 imaginary currency for. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Well, we but- can't do an episode because our podcast was born out of the pandemic. We don't have a pandemic uh episode. I don't know what. Okay. <laughs> My Justin Bieber story played an ad. <laughs> well, Beebs has to make money back somehow there, Curtis. Okay. Our, our COVID story. In quotes, in zero COVID China, a single case locks down Beijing University. Yeah. So Beijing University has what, 40 students? 40, no, 40,000. <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> that might that might be considered an extreme reaction, uh, Larry. I don't know. About well, there has been quite a other side stories in certain parts in China where people are starting to rise up because of the absurd lockdowns that China is trying to impose. I, I I I didn't pick one of those stories in particular, but I did see something last night that I think in Guangzhou province somewhere. There, there have been protests where people are just like, you know, still locked down. Like if if people were complaining how locked down Ontario was and we were 
man, yeah. we're no longer, we're not even close to what they're seeing over in China, right? For one case. Yeah. That'd be like shutting down U of T because of one case. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, you know, it's already become quite evident that zero COVID is not a realistic not a, goal. Not not like you remember in the early days we were we were congratulating, was it New Zealand? New Zealand, yeah. They, no, new, no, no new cases on yeah. that one day, and it was like a big banner day. Yeah. Yeah, they they had they had uh, seemingly eradicated it. <laughs> didn't stay gone for long. Yeah. You know. That that lasted for a few months. Uh, in any case, well, that ends our headlines. So we want to do this recap because it end the series ended while during your your pat leave. So mm-hmm. we want to go back to Marvel's She-Hulk Attorney at Law series. So we 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 don't want to talk about episode by episode critique, but just the entire series as a totality. Curtis, what's your take on Marvel's She-Hulk Attorney at Law? Um, I really enjoyed it. And, and the things I enjoyed about it um, in particular was, was that like it just it was it's unapologetically its own thing, which was a legal comedy. It was often kind of dumb, but it was sort of um, it was it, it 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 was cute the way it was dumb, you know, and uh, and it uh, it made me laugh like at least twice an episode, mm-hmm. like out yeah. loud, like out yeah. loud, yeah, yeah. And the last episode I thought was uh, it went in a direction I wasn't expecting, and I thought it was really cool. So I mean, overall, I thought it was uh, it was great. It was different, yeah. like it wasn't a you know, it was it was not a superhero show, like. I mean, it was obviously starring a superhero, but like it was definitely its own thing. It, it was like a actually enjoyable episode, ep- enjoyable Ally McBeal. Yeah, <laughs> but Ally McBeal super- with better characters. So I I liked it as well. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like you said, Marvel taking chances, doing different things because I think if you had another falcon and winter soldier type story arc origin story fight some big bad at the end like uh, we've and the funny thing is that last episode as you as, as you said she talks about it right mm-hmm. like have, have isn't this too predictable haven't we seen this before like when the whole schmozzle like it was total uh wrestling schmozzle ending right we can't yeah. have a clean fight so and you know well spoilers from here basically you know she breaks not only the fourth wall, but there's this great scene where she, she looks at the camera and says, does she ask if you're if the audience, if you're enjoying this or are you getting this or what does she say? I forgot. I think it was like, are you enjoying this or yeah. whatever? And the screen makes that Disney plus app sound and goes back to like the menu. screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and both Calum and Liz, while we were watching it, turned to me because there was like like this awkward pause before she starts talking again and they looked at me saying why'd you hit the button i said i didn't touch anything yeah 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 (laughs) and then she goes to marvel studios to confront the kevin yes yes so uh yeah it's a robotic um ai right yeah it's it's i guess it's kevin feige is that how you say his name yeah and and they 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 designed the robot so that it actually has something 
on its chassis that makes him look like he's wearing a hat without putting a hat on him. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently Fengi actually said that, like, they showed early designs and they, you know, because that's his signature look, right? But he's like, why is a robot wearing a baseball hat? And so they they all kind of went back to the drawing board to try to incorporate it somehow or incorporate the the image. Um, Yeah, I I liked it. A lot of things. I guess we can narrow down... Um, Curtis, what kind of name your kind of top three things that you really liked about it? And you can go into an episode specifically or like what, what kind of jumped out at you besides it being funny? Well, I like, I like, I like the way that like, even though like it existed in the MCU and, you know, some characters like, 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 uh, Wong is in it and Abomination is in it sometimes, but there, there, there's the, and the Hulk obviously, um, you know, is, is. Uh, in the first episode, quite quite uh, prevalently, um, I, I do like the, the the fact that it doesn't you know it doesn't move anything forward necessarily. The, the MCU it doesn't have to be a part of the it doesn't have to be a cog turning the wheel of of mm-hmm. you know like 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 you were saying before like it's it this isn't going to like mean anything about like the the arrival of Kang the next big bad. Yeah, you know, for it's the, it's not setting up for secret wars. Yeah, <laughs> it's just its own. It's just its own thing. And there's you know, there's not there's there's some, but there's not like a ton of like superhero action. Um, there's a lot of sort of like the inconveniences of being a public superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really good, I think, satire on um the the culture of celebrity shaming on social media um you know how like you will open up your i don't know if like i'm pretty old school so i still use a yahoo portal like to get my (laughs) yeah my email and they'll say like you know like um taylor swift responds to you know cyberbullying over how she looks in a bikini and stuff i'm just like why does taylor swift need to engage in these people at all yeah like she looks she looks she looks great like who who is taking their time to say oh she looks terrible in that bikini or whatever right and that and that's not just her like any celebrity i would say like just like who cares about what what these people say and and i think they 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 they, it was it was a good satire on that whole weird sort of culture that that yeah see in social media and it's the first uh remember how the assistant was saying you have to get ahead of it and she does that interview that yeah. first interview and yeah. what is she wearing and she's <laughs> kind of like what yeah is that where they was that where they start calling her she hulk like she didn't yeah. come up with that name they're like wow yeah that, they, they they bestow the name on her and that that kind of starts her the story's true arc about jen reconciling she hulk as her and part of her like she's basically been fighting the she hulk persona like she's forced to be the hulk at work and she has to go through these humiliating things about you know getting clothes and 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 you know she wants to be cool but she's still jen and so she's also very awkward yeah yeah like she's not like the cool um lawyer who defends her in that one episode right Right, yeah, yeah. There's a great line in that episode because she basically, in order to clear her name or get the She-Hulk name, she brought all of her bad dates from the <laughs> previous episodes. And what was that? Her 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 handle, her her quote on her profile 
lean, no, was it green, mean green and poured straight into these jeans? Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I don't use dating apps, but man, that's hilarious. I, I guess people do that. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and uh, we were talking before, one of the episodes I really liked is uh, one of the characters who shows up a few times is uh, Abomination, who in the comics is is one of Hulk, the Incredible Hulk's sort of um, uh, main adversaries. And he was in the the Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton movie, yeah. fight, fights the Hulk right outside of Zanzibar you know, on Young Street. Yeah. And uh, and he so he's in it quite a bit, uh, but it's it's more his his human sort of uh, alter ego Emil Blonsky. And oh my god, it's so good! Yeah, he's he. It's a departure from from you know the the Edward Norton movie for sure. He's kind of like uh, a bit, he's he's like a new age, um, kind of like a kind of like a harmless new age whack job. Uh, who has like a it's, it's like tony it's like tony robbins new age yeah right yeah and he's got like a he's got like a retreat and uh yeah like 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 jen ends up there uh at one point and and is basically uh gets surrounded by like villains including uh one who attacked her earlier in the series but then it ends up that they're just all there getting like like self-help lessons and spiritual guidance from Emil Blonsky. <laughs> and she goes and she starts venting and stuff. And remember, Larry, you were saying like, you're just waiting for like somebody to turn on her and then she's got to have a big brawl and kind of stuff like that. And it, that doesn't happen at all. She actually like oh. straight up gets. <laughs> and, and there's like this group, there's like this group hug, right? Yeah. Like group hug. And the, the porcupine guy takes his helmet off because that was his whole thing, right? He couldn't take it off. Yeah. And then like, he stinks up the room. I guess that was the joke. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and it's, and, uh, and it's, it was, it was so good. It like subvert, like it, 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 it was for a show that was kind of like breezy and inconsequential. It did a great job of subverting expectations. And definitely the last episode, uh, as we talked about where she basically like, uh, where it's going, where she to, um, to a place where, where, um, sort of like one of her, uh, uh, exes or, you know, steals Hulk blood or like, yeah. you know, get sends, sends kind of like a mole to like sleep with her and then steal Hulk blood. And, uh, then he takes it and it's like, she's going to have to fight Hulk blood guy and says like, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. And yeah, exactly like, takes control of the episode, completely takes control of the narrative. And, uh, you know, and then this one also subverted expectations. Cause like you were saying, like you and I thought that there was going to be a big fight at some point and stuff like yeah. that. And it was just her, like, you know, venting to, uh, um, to, to, uh, Emil Blonsky, who's got in his, in his retreat, he's got all these posters up with these the, just really bad spiritual advice and sayings like, yeah, like today is today. And then like, <laughs> Neil Blonsky, like his yeah. own, his, his own catchphrases all over the place. It was, and that's like a, and that's a detail that you just kind of had to see while you were, while you were watching it. They didn't draw attention to it or anything. So yeah, I, it's, so that, really like that another side thing yeah, other than seeing wong but it's that one odd episode where the one guy that leaves the uh the sanctum and becomes like this 
stage magician magician <laughs> and they introduce the madison character <laughs> oh my god that episode had me rolling what was it you know madison with two n's and one y but not where you think like throughout that episode it's like what is she talking about yeah. and i realized oh my god she's playing a drunk person so well yeah yeah she's but playing you know, like that 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 uh, like the awful sort of uh um mean girl like hen, right? yeah but like you know sort of like at a hen party you know like um you know like a bachelorette party uh just like <laughs> giving everybody nicknames and saying stuff yeah. yeah and she gets transported to some hellfire goblin ridden universe yeah <laughs> and then she appears doesn't she holding like some kind of heart when she when she when she appears in uh in in uh, in kamatar yeah yeah i think she is yeah and wong wong <laughs> is watching uh uh the sopranos yeah so yeah that's right because then she goes on and she starts spoiling the episode yeah <laughs> and it, it's it's this ongoing gag about her and him watching sopranos yeah right because yeah. they they after the case, the the court court scene, she goes with Wongers. That's what she calls him, yeah. Wongers for Froyo, and they go talk about yeah. Sopranos. And that's what I also like about that series too, because like 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 Wong, who's like pretty serious in the Doctor Strange movies, right? Like, yeah, he's Sorcerer Supreme. Sorcerer Supreme. He's just kind of like he's kind of like he's a bit dodgy in these, right? Like he's kind of like. And and it ends up the the credit the credit extra scene is them watching Sopranos and she's like wearing one of those snuggy things and they're like yeah. she's sobering up yeah so she's talking about what drinks that he might have there what was it the yak milk and, and vodka. vodka yeah yeah and he had a bad experience on it yeah <laughs> and then of course like Daredevil shows up and he's like cracking jokes and stuff and then that made like the that made like the the sort of like fanboys on twitter all mad because it's like you know daredevils they made daredevil into a joke he doesn't like he doesn't do that and then then people you know uh including i think some of some of the people who've worked on daredevil comics showed like all these panels where like he totally does that yeah so and uh and even the the whole episode because there's this famous um uh cell of uh, She-Hulk busting through the comic book pages, like screaming at John Byrne, right? Yes, that's like, right. There's, yeah. there's a very famous one, so it's, it's, it's almost basically taking the essence of of that into this, into uh, into this movie. Show. No, I I enjoyed it, had a good time. Like I don't know why everyone's complaining about it. It is different, yes, but I can't keep watching the same formula. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> and, one of those things where probably most people liked it, like, you know, maybe maybe didn't love it, but most people probably thought it was fine and enjoyed it enough. It's only the weird Twitter dudes, but yeah, they I think so much noise. Uh, yeah, you know, hey, are they verified? <laughs> <laughs> well, any case, you know what? I, after seeing Black Panther and I'll let well, I don't know if you'll. You'll probably see it streaming and maybe we could talk about Black Panther, um, Wakanda forever another time. Mm -hmm. But after seeing that movie and seeing how they've been doing the treatments on Disney Plus, I would not be surprised if they start toning down the theater releases and do more Disney Plus. Because even 
Wakanda Forever, I kept thinking in the back of my head, it clocked in at two hours and 40 minutes Mm -hmm. that this probably should have been like a six episode run Mm -hmm. on Disney Plus to give it the story that it probably needed to tell, which a lot of people were complaining, oh, a lot of scenes were long-winded, boring, but you really needed to kind of, I don't know, it's because it's a bit of a transitional movie, right? Because you're changing heroes. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I think you're going to see a lot more of that and maybe the releases being like the third act or so for example, maybe the next Captain America and Winter Soldier show. Let's just take that for an example. And instead of cramming, remember that, that last episode we were, we were, we were, we were making fun of the second last episode of that, of yeah. that series. Yeah. So instead of releasing that on Disney plus that, penultimate episode gets released in the theaters and right. you get like a two hour episode which right. ends that series i i wouldn't be surprised if they start doing stuff like that yeah and i think apparently the other thing that they're interested in doing is like the marvel special presentations doing more of those they did their first one with werewolf by night mm-hmm. uh and there's going to be the guardians of the galaxy holiday special oh my god and, did you see the trailer for that i haven't seen it yet Oh my God. <laughs> All I have to say is two words Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Go see the trailer for it. It's actually coming out uh, next week, I think, uh, during oh. uh, uh, American Thanksgiving. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be seeing that for sure. So, but uh, yeah, after this, She Hulk, what? They go back to more serious because in the spring, uh, Ant Man and Wasp, Quantum Mania. Right, mm-hmm. the trailer, the newest trailer actually shows Kang. Mm-hmm. He's he's talking through it. So, yeah, you know, for those people that are hardcore in that story, they get back into that storyline with a small break that we've been having with some of the other ones. Especially, yeah. I, I have a funny feeling. I don't know how well the Christmas special one's going to turn out. We'll see. Yeah, I'm sure fanboys will hate it. Oh yeah, but I think it's like a throwback to like like those those christmas specials that peter grew up with and it probably plays out like that like yeah, some kind of sure. hallmark it'll have there'll be at least one joke about the star wars holiday special i'm sure they'll sneak it in somehow yeah. the i the way that like the tone when you watch a trailer the tone of it reminds me of um what was that sinbad and arnold movie jingle all the way Jingle all the way yeah 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 it has what that was it, what was the name of the toy again and that again uh it was some kind of superhero toy. Yeah, what was he called again? Like Turbo Man, Turbo Man, Tur- Turbo Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Okay, well, let's end off the episode here. Thank you for listening. You can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, basically everywhere you can find your favorite podcast. For those platforms that have a rating system. Give us a five-star, you know, give us a five-star rating. We want people to find our little podcast. And remember to smack that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Curtis, any last words? I know that you have uh, God of God of War Ragnarok. I bought it as well, but I've been able to play it for like 45 minutes. So <laughs> we will talk about it at one point in time, but it'll probably not be for a while. That, that's that's okay that's okay I, I i right now i think he must be he thinks he's about halfway through the game and he's probably clocked in 
Um, he must be, he must be, he must be upwards to the 20 hour mark. I would think ah, he's been, okay. he's been going pretty hard on it. Um, so, um, ah, yeah, it's, it's very impressive. I remember watching, seeing some of the graphics. Um, I think they were the, both of them were climbing and I was just looking at the detail on the rocks and I was like, that, that detail on the rocks is just absurd. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like crazy. Yeah. But I think if you liked the God of War that came out on PS4, how long, how long has it been? It's been many years, right? Four years ago? Yeah, yeah that sounds right. Yeah. I th- Well, you've only played the first hour. You must say, oh, if you like that first game, this this is a great, you know, continuation for it, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And I love that God of War. That, like, I've, I've played every game in the series. And I and you know back in the original ones, um, you know the the PS2 and PS3 ones, like when it when it was just in Greece and then it was the Greek pantheon, like they were they were good, mm-hmm. but these are like so much better, like the like the first God of War, like where he where he sort of uh, moves to the nor- to the Norse pantheon, uh, was was just. I don't know. Like the storytelling was just a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, Kratos was a was a very sort of two dimensional character. In the, oh God! You know, and now he yeah yeah. Now he's a lot a lot more interesting. So, well, well, didn't didn't the was it God of War three? Didn't it end with basically the the world and the universe exploding upon itself or or blackening out? Yeah, I can't remember. Or something, or something, or something kill, like that. Kills, like he, he, you fight Zeus, he kills yeah, Zeus, he, I think. He kills then, Zeus and everything just goes to, dar- to, yeah. to, to darkness. It's like, wow, that's... That sounds right. You know what was a lot better than, uh, I thought, than the mainstream games back then were the, the PSP. Remember mm, that? Yeah, yeah. I, play, I, I, I forgot which one it was, but I, I had one of them on yeah. the PSP. Yeah, there's two God of Wars that came out with the PSP and they were excellent. I thought they were better than the, than the PS2 ones. On the PS, you know, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the 45 minutes I've played, it's been, I've already had like two boss fights, it's been pretty good. It's got yeah. a war, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it there from there. Thank you for listening again, and just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. I'm living the good life while I'm working from home.